And good morning and welcome to WPRK Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick. That was Badly Drawn Boy with Donna and Blitzen. The reason I played that is because I was at a store this weekend and of course the Christmas stuff is already starting to come out which is fantastic. You're listening to a certain degree, uh, which is the name of the show. You might be listening to a certain degree as well. I'm not sure what that degree is. And I have a very special guest today. Dave Krepko is here from Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Thank you for coming out this early and uh, joining me. And it's always good to talk to you. And we'll have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of good things going on at Second Harvest. There's a lot of things going on with you. Uh, Let me describe Dave real quick. He's got a magnificent goatee, which I always appreciate when I have guests with facial hair uh, because it makes me feel better about my own facial hair choices. Uh, You're incredibly tall. What are you, about 6'4"? Yep, you got it. Yeah, so uh, normally I don't trust people taller than me. I'll put it out (laughs) there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, but you, you I feel good about. (laughs) And so uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, you, Second Harvest, your history and getting there because I think it's a very interesting story. Uh, but first, we're going to get to know you a little bit better by playing a game. Uh, it's essentially 20 questions. Uh, but what I do is I have an arbitrary name for it uh, every week uh, just to confuse and annoy people for the most part. And so one of the things I'm going to say is going to be, yeah, you're for it. And one of the other things is going to be no. So in this case, it's going to be mover and shaker or it's okay. going to be mover or shaker. Okay. So moving is really important. Uh, if you don't move, you're pretty much asleep. And then if you're asleep, you're probably getting incepted by Leonardo DiCaprio, which is not a good thing. Uh, If you're shaking, I don't know that that's good. Nobody likes to be shaken. Maybe James Bond, maybe Milk. Uh, But neither of those things I feel are very good. So mover if you're for something. Okay. Shaker if you're against it. All right. Ready? Ready. Clear as mud, right? Mm. Uh, Okay. Pool baths. Shaker. Shaker. No. on Pool baths. Pool baths. Yeah. Just think of a bunch of... uh germs swirling around in a spa <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point that does kind of bum me out a little bit i have become more of a germaphobe as i got older and so yeah you so you hit me right there so now i'm kind of against that too how about generation x mover yeah oh yeah. yeah for him definitely okay. love, the, love the energy all right that's good because that's that's me uh how about uh, of course with the uh, iphone 7 we heard about this a lot headphone jacks how do you feel about headphone jacks yeah i'm indifferent i i guess uh Shaker. Shaker. Oh, yeah. so you're good no big with... Deal. Yeah, no big deal. Dump them. Yeah. Dump them all. Nobody, you know, we don't want to listen to it. We, it wires. Who needs I, them? I get knots in those things. I don't know. I swear they tie themselves in knots when I put them away. And I like it. Pull them out. All right. How about liberal arts colleges? Boober. Yeah. Yeah. Past Forum. experience. Personal experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Columbus School of Art and Design. Yeah, right. Um, and that's in Columbus, Ohio, right? You got it. Right. Yeah. So big fan of Columbus. Oh, uh, yeah. Have a lot of family there, a big Greek population there. Mm. So despite that, I still like Columbus a lot. (laughs) It's a great town. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because, you know, for going from a design degree to what you're doing now is very interesting. I want to hear about how you kind of see the world Mm -hmm. uh, being from a design background. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. How about college in general? College in general, a mover. Yeah. Education is just so super critical. You know, my my wife and I, when we were really young and our kids were really young and getting into school, we made a lot of sacrifices because we really put education as a as a priority. And boy, did it pay off. Yeah. Wow. Good. Yeah. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. How, about, how do you feel about comic book movies? Um, mover. I think it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, 
I personally, you know, like to watch some of those things, you know. You <laughs> Iron, Iron Man was books? awesome. You yeah, know? Iron Man was good. Yeah, I grew okay. up with the comic books, you know. Um, but uh, there, there does come to a point where it's, you know, Iron Man 12, you know, might be a little repetitive, but. Oh, you what know. do you mean? He's still <laughs> fighting the bad guys. Right. At that point, the uh, the Iron Man suit is his doubles as his walker. Right. <laughs> Probably. Uh, how about, okay, so this is a good one. Uh, well, you don't do this that often at Second Harvest Food Bank because I, I think you have a, a pretty good longevity in terms of your employees but uh, or your team members. Reviewing resumes. How do you feel about reviewing resumes? That's a mover. Yeah? You know, I, yeah. You know reviewing resumes, uh, I, I have an interesting technique of that. Um, I'll, I'll look at them. They're important. You know, it shows education, background, some of that. But uh, then I really go for something else, and it's not a resume. On top of the resume, if you got a couple of finalists, you know, you can't make up your mind or whatever, I give it the California test. Oh, what's okay? that? Yeah. California test is, okay, if you got a couple of finalists, who would you want to get in the car with? And travel to California with and oh, back. Oh, nice! Then you'll really know who you you know who your how the chemistry is and who's going to fit into the culture and who you're comfortable with. I like it. I yeah. like it. The, the California test. It Oof. prolongs the uh, recruitment thing, and you know, it takes a couple of weeks to do that. Yeah, you got to do, and you got to do it with all, both of the candidates, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. Yeah. So, well, I guess it might also be a short trip. You might get to say nine hours in in New Orleans, yeah, and right, you realize. You're getting on a plane. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're not the right person. Hey, you're we're in, flying back. We're in Gainesville. We got to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. I usually also uh, tend to look for any sort of grammar or spelling mistakes mm. and they're automatically out. I hate that because, you know, I'm probably guilty of making those types of mistakes too in the past, but man, that bugs me. I saw a really cool resume a couple of weeks ago. I not seen one like this. So it's a one pager, but down the, the left hand, there was like a, a two inch wide column mm -hmm. and there were infographics that she put on there. Oh. And it, you know, there were about four of them and it really highlighted certain things about her. I thought that's creative. If I were going to hire, you know, yeah. I'd have to talk to that person. Oh, okay. So you like pictures on your resumes. Yeah. Little graphics sure. and stuff like that. Good. All right. Now we know everybody who wants a job. <laughs> send, send pictures. <laughs> do some headshots. Get some glamour shots done. All right. How about uh, driverless Uber? Have you done Uber yet? I have. How about driverless Uber? Driverless Uber. Um, I'd say shaker. I'm just not ready for that. You know, um, I love the concept, but it's like way too premature to for, for me to put the trust in. Eventually, yeah. It can make yeah, sense. Yeah, we'll all jump into the driverless cars. Yeah. It'll be like a total recall with the robot driver in the front just to make us feel better. But I'm looking forward to that. Uber's fabulous. I yeah. love it. All right. How about jerky? Shaker. No jerky? <laughs> no. I'm Are just, you a vegetarian? Or is no, I'm not. I, the... I'm, a, I'm a carnivore, let me tell you. Yeah, it's just the texture and meat that's been hanging around. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Don't like chewing on a belt, basically. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. There's better things to chew on. <laughs> Uh, how about reading on a tablet? Mover. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought I would never convert. You know, I'm a dinosaur and uh, just love it. I mean, National Geographic, you know, beautiful magazine. But uh, you can go on there on a tablet, man. I got the Apple iPro, you know, the 12 and a half inch oh, screen. Oh, the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the graphics are great. You can get videos, you know. I do the New York Times. It's the same thing. You can save articles for later. Mm -hmm. All bookmark, all that kind of stuff. Forward them to friends, you know. 
it's just yeah it's awesome more convenient so do you actually read them later because i do that I too do. Uh, yeah i, I actually it, do and then every <laughs> two years or so i clean out my bookmarks and i go what was i thinking what, i was never interested in this why yeah. did i bookmark this right. uh how about 80s nostalgia uh mover yeah yeah so yeah. you were in uh, Miami at the time? In the early 80s, yeah, South Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been an interesting time to be down there. Yeah, it was. There were some neat things going on. Then there were some not-so-neat things going on. <laughs> a real mix. South Florida is just a wild, crazy place. Yeah, To, yeah, to yeah. this day, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you went from Columbus to South Florida. No, I actually went from Toronto, Ontario okay. to South Florida. Are you Canadian? No, I'm not. Uh yeah. I was close there. I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't uh, even vote. Spent 10 years up there. Oh, very nice. Okay. So 80s nostalgia. Uh, theme parks. Oh, mover. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yesterday was there with my son and two of her granddaughters. We were at Aquatica and what a blast. Nice. Yeah. I did the drop away box. Climb to this tower about four stories high. You get in this drop drop away box and then the floor falls out on you you'll fall 80 feet straight down and then you start hitting water oh it's just what a, okay. ru what a rush all right so <laughs> you knew you were going to be on this show today yes. i think i need to i need to have you sign something okay so for all my guests coming up in the future <laughs> don't do that because <laughs> i feel like i almost lost a guest oh here. you gotta do it it's just, <laughs> you only live once all right well speaking of which uh professional wrestling <laughs> Definitely a shaker. And not so much it's on that so one. so staged and so phony. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that's what's great about it. <laughs> not for me. All right. Uh, how about, okay, so this is an interesting one. I, I don't really understand it myself, but DIY soda. So you get the you get the oh. syrup and you get the stuff and it carbonates the water at home and you can make your own soda. Shaker. It's just too much business yeah, for right? me. You know, it's just like. I want something convenient. You I'm know? just going to go get a can of something. <laughs> Even if it's RC Cola, it's still, I'm not making it myself. Jeez. Exactly. Uh, okay. So we had the first one last week and I think the vice presidential one is either tonight or coming up soon. Uh, watching the debates. Oh, mover. Yeah. Yeah. Entertainment value is just awesome. <laughs> Just I like love it. it. Okay. I feel like being a mover on the debates and a shaker on professional wrestling is, doesn't line up for me. Can't uh, wait for the next one. Yeah, it should be interesting. How about coffee? Are you a coffee drinker? Mover. Yep. All right. Are you a yep. coffee snob or are you like, oh, um, any coffee anywhere? Yeah. I, I'm probably the only one that goes into Starbucks, went in this morning. It's just, I just want a regular coffee, you know? Yeah. And they kind of look at you odd. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. Do you want at least venti or what's going on? All right. So speaking of things you can drink, uh, shampoo and conditioner in one. I don't. Doesn't make a difference. I, I guess mover. It saves time <laughs> if right. you condition your. I don't condition my hair. So it's what like, about your beard hair? It looks really nice. <laughs> it's just regular shampoo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, how about flip flops? Um, mover. Yeah. Nice yeah. and comfortable. You know, when I get home, I'm immediately off with my socks and shoes and if I'm not burn them if they're not my bare feet I'm in something like a flip-flop right you know? do you ever want to work in a situation or be in a situation where you could wear flip-flops to work that'd be fun yeah I mean you're in charge of second harvest could yeah you, could I you could go do ahead it. and uh I could say flip-flops flip-flops hence, henceforth everyone will wear flip-flops right. you know there you go I want to see uh Greg Higgerson in, in flip-flops flip yeah. yeah I think that would be good I think that'd be awesome uh colonizing Mars Colonizing Mars, I think that's a mover, you know? Hey, yeah. Let's go for it. Let's 
Do you want to go? I personally don't want to go. Okay, you know. so you're like, let, let, it, let everybody else call. Yeah, but just imagine just trying to get that accomplished, what we've learned. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, <laughs> about uh, Mars? later. About okay. Mars, a little okay. bit, a little bit. Uh, and how about, last but not least, Cobbler? Cobbler. Uh, mover. Mover. It's an awesome stuff. Yeah. Do you prefer it over pie or is it equal? You know, trying to figure out if there's something to, if somebody likes pie better than cobbler and there's more crust in pie, does that say something about their personality? Right. I don't know. They'd be crusty if they like that or not. Yeah. They like more texture in their life probably. Right. Know? But I right. like it on ice cream. Cobbler or pie? I just like the cobbler or pie on ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're more of an ice cream guy <laughs> is sure. what I'm getting. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. All right, very good. Well, we're going to take a break now and play a song. So, Gatemouth Brown, we're going to do St. Louis Blues because apparently, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, uh, but I have a friend who is a big Cardinals fan. Mm. And, uh, of course, they lost yesterday or somebody else won in the wild card. <laughs> I'm not really sure. In any case, they're not going to the playoffs. So, St. Louis Blues here on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Thank you. No, no, Gatemouth Brown. Thank you. That was Gatemouth Brown with St. Louis Blues here on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I'm here with Dave Krepko from Second Harvest Food Bank. Dave, thanks again for being here. Sure. Just as a quick aside, I know you're not a Doctor Who fan. But one, so there was a re more recent iteration of Doctor Who. It's been on the air for 50 years. And one of the actors is named Matt Smith, uh, who plays Doctor Who. Love him. And he's uh, going to play Prince Philip in a series on, I think, Netflix about uh, Queen Elizabeth. And so what I found out in doing some research is Prince Philip it was actually the Prince of Greece. So I, he may be Greek. So now I have this connection to Doctor Who as he's Greek. There you so go. I, I'm in. I love that. And in case you've never listened to the show, I'm Greek. <laughs> and that's why I bring it up all the time. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you, Dave, and Second Harvest Food Bank and some of the cool things that you're doing over there. So one of the things that really got me was, uh, and we talked a little bit about it, was sort of this uh, idea of social entrepreneurship. Sure. It's not, you know, what I find interesting is it's not new. I, I think you would even say that it's something that you've done in your career uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something that we've just put a label on recently. And everybody thinks of Tom's Shoes and right. uh, things of that nature. So talk a little bit about this culinary enterprise and what you guys are doing at Second Harvest Food Bank around that. Sure. Well, the culinary enterprise includes a, a bunch of different things we're doing under that kind of umbrella. And um, the the initial reason why we got into it, and I'll tell you exactly what we're doing, but uh, to just step back for a moment on why we're doing it, there's, there's a couple of key reasons. Uh, first of all, you know, as a nonprofit organization, you're raising money to stay alive. No money, no mission, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you, you look to the community for donations, whether they be individuals, corporate donations, special events, that kind of thing. But I think the, the, uh, the, the real need for nonprofits is if you can get into earned revenue, you know, and you can earn a profit. IRS, totally okay with it. As long sure. as that surplus, we call it surplus. As long as that's funneled directly back into your mission. Oh, right. And it's, it's not going into other things. My vacation salaries, fund or yeah. anything like that, right? <laughs> so from a financial sustainability point of view, it just makes a lot of sense. So uh, the other uh, really cool thing around our social enterprises, our, our, our culinary uh, enterprise, is we're doing culinary training. Mm 
mm-hmm. and uh, never did it before uh, up until about three years ago as an organization. And, um, you know, we looked at this thing that, you know, we typically have to feed a line of people continually, you know, and the kids need the food for today to learn in school or the senior citizens need it, you know, to stay healthy and vital. Right. Um, and that's important. That's the, the urgency of the day kind of thing. But we were starting to look at how do we close this meal gap? And part of it is how do you shorten the line of people that you're feeding? So we started this culinary training. We, we did a lot of research that, hey, there's a need for it in our area. We're a hospitality town, you know, all kinds of restaurants, convention centers, convention hotels, all that. So there's a need for that. Employers want trained folks. And we know a lot of people need jobs. <clears throat> it's, it's so clear. And if we can make them economically, you know, self-sustaining, right. um, that that can make that can make a huge difference. So what we do, what we have is a culinary training program. We recruit folks from uh, homeless shelters, soup kitchens, you know, other folks around town. That it's a referral system. These folks um, often need a second chance in life. You know, mm-hmm. we bring them in for fourteen weeks, eight hours a day, five days a week. We have professional chefs on staff that train them. It's at no cost to these folks. About 25% of them are homeless coming into the program. Um, So we bring them in. They learn all kinds of great uh, culinary skills. I wish I could take 14 weeks off and do this. My wife would love that. So they come in. And the other thing, there's a parallel track of life skill training. And those are the things like they show up. to work on time, you know, how do you pick up the phone and have a conversation with a prospective employer, Mm -hmm. you know, um, basic financial literacy, those kinds of things. So you got to have that combined with the culinary training or it doesn't work. So fast forward uh, to today, um, we, upon graduation, we place them into jobs. So we've graduated 125 students to date have a hundred percent job placement rate. Wow. Well above minimum wage. And they're holding on to the jobs. Some are getting promoted. You know, some are starting their own little micro businesses. And you see lives change. People from becoming homeless and lost, you know, that uh, they can find a fit, you know, in culinary and getting their families back together. And as parents, you know, these graduates are just a great example to the next generation, you know. So the culinary training is phenomenal. We started a distribution center training because we we run a big distribution center. We're doing the exact same thing. Uh, we're teaching them uh, distribution center skills, forklift certification, inventory control, all that, and then placing them into jobs upon graduation. So we're shortening that line as well. So it's expensive to run a program like that. Mm-hmm. So this is where social enterprise comes in. So our design was... Okay, let's make this economically self-sustainable as a program, the culinary training. And uh, that's the holy grail in nonprofit. Oh, you course, know, if yeah. you can do that. So we did a five-year pro forma and we said, okay, in five years, this is going to be economically self-sustaining. You know, we've got to invest for a few years, but this is going to happen. So since we started that, that financial plan, we're um, entering our second year of it. And it looks like we're going to accomplish that in half the time. So just terrific. So here's how we're doing. Here's how we're earning that revenue. Okay. Um, First of all, we have uh, catering for good, we call it. 
So anybody, if you're throwing a party, you know, you can throw it at, at our house or we can we can come to your house and do it, you know, or your place. We have a, a professional catering chef on on staff. The students help out with that. And we can cater uh, anywhere from private parties of like 10 or 12 people in, in a private home all the way up to we did a luncheon out at uh, uh, another university in town for about 750 teachers and uh, just nailed it. Uh, John Rivers, you know, he hired our team to do his company picnic for 600 people. Now that's pressure. Oh, nice. And I told my team, do not do brisket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't even try to compete with that. So uh, we're making a lot of new friends that way, mm-hmm. okay, and people get engaged in the food bank that way, and uh, we're able to earn money on that. Um, and the food is fabulous; uh, people love it. And, and it's even more training for the students. It, exactly, they were exposed to to that kind of business. But in the past three years at the food bank, with with all the people that come in for catering events, they really come in for. Um, planning sessions or training meetings or whatever, we've had about 60,000 people come in and 98% of them had no other real reason to come into the food bank. So we're, we're uh, a big part of it is just getting awareness of the hunger yeah. issue, awareness of the organization and pe- people are just loving it. We've had just incredible events. We've had three wedding receptions, you know. Uh, and this is at your new facility. So you have a big meeting space ex- there. Oh, exactly. To- corporate events, those sorts of things there, exactly. which is great. Yeah. Uh, two Sundays ago, we had uh, Sunday Funday Brunch with the Orlando Gay Chorus. They do this annually. Mm-hmm. First time they did it. Uh, we had two, 300 people there. They're putting on shows. It was just a blast, you know. So we're getting revenue through Catering for Good. We'll do about a half a million dollars worth of catering this year. Wow. So it's not small potatoes, you know. Right, right, right. And then we have something called Meals for Good. That's on top of the catering where we're seeking outside food service contracts and uh, Head Start programs. People know what Head Start programs are. Uh, they need food service. So Orange County uh, put out a bid. We competed for it. We won the bid. Um, and that uh, annually, that's a $1.8 million contract. Hmm. And uh, we're producing healthy meals, about 6000 a day out of our kitchen for the Head Start programs. And... Um, it's healthy food, okay? And what, what's incredible is that the, the kids like the food, you know? That's, right. that's really that's important. Um, that's really yeah. important. So we're able to earn some nice revenue there. We're, we're producing our own meals for our own kids' cafes, after-school programs. Mm-hmm. And last summer, we ran 89 summer feeding sites. So at one point, we were producing about 10,000 meals a day uh, out of our kitchen. So we're earning revenue there. And so we're, we're looking at more contracts uh, uh, to supplement that. But the really cool thing coming up is that uh, we want to do a signature food item and uh, kind of like a Newman zone. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're looking at a very healthy tomato soup. Uh, no GMO, local food, local tomatoes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, our chef has formulated the recipe, and uh, now we're looking at, uh, okay, the manufacturing of it and sourcing of the ingredients and and the packaging and then the distribution. And what's really neat, and it's not official yet, but we're 
we're talking to Amazon Prime. Uh, they're, they're interested in actually uh, helping us with marketing and distribution. I mean, wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Uh, and we'll market it on our own website as well. So we're we're dipping our toe in the water there. But again, that that brings awareness to uh, the organization mm -hmm. and uh, raises us some money. Uh, and the tomatoes, what's really cool is. Uh, we're going to get the tomatoes donated. You know, these are first-class tomatoes. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. But the uh, Damari family, I think they grow like 80% of the tomatoes that are sold east of the Mississippi River up the East Coast, you know, and talk to Tony Damari. And I say, hey, this is what we're doing, you know, and uh, would you donate the tomatoes? He goes, yeah, I'd love to be part of this. So, uh, um, so we're going to experiment with that. We're going to learn a lot of lessons with this little pilot. And then who, who knows where that might go, you know? So lots of really cool ideas. Just over a third of our annual revenue is generated by social enterprise. So um, we're looking at, you know, trying to push the envelope and you gotta be real careful with it because, you know, you can't have what they call mission creep, okay? Well, Getting, you can't suddenly start focusing so much on catering that you miss something else that you should be working You on. gotta keep yeah. it all in balance, yeah. yeah. Right. And keep it, you know, keep it related to to your mission as well. So uh, just really excited about uh, what we're doing there. So you're not going to manufacture shoes and give them away or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom's got that covered. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, what I really like about the, the workforce training program is it does serve so many uh, different needs all at once. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty amazing. Is that something that was started here or you saw it in a different food bank somewhere? Somebody else had kind of started it or how did I, that uh, begin? I had heard about it within the Feeding America network of which we're part of that. And um, <clears throat> some of my peers in some of the larger markets, you know, that we hang out together once or twice a year and talk about some cutting edge things we're doing or thinking of doing. And, I saw different models of it, you know, and, uh, you know, gathered a group of chefs and food service people together here and said, you know, what if, you know, what if we did this and what should it look like in Orlando, in Central Florida? And we've put, you know, our own unique spin on it, you know, our unique combination. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, uh, it's really terrific. And since then, we've had lots of people coming in and going, we, we want to, you know, please give us a tour. We want to look at this up front and close, you know, how'd you do it? Why'd you do it? You know, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? And it, it's great to do that. It's just great to pay it forward. You know? Right. And I like that about uh, the nonprofit world, especially, you know, working in higher ed, we're sort of like that as well. You're not, you're not competing with other food banks around the nation. Exactly. So if they want to come in and learn more about this program, if you can document it, and give it to them or, you know, let them put their own spin on it, exactly. uh, then they can do something amazing as well. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent something, yeah. you know? All right. Well, that's, uh, I have some follow-up questions, but I want to take a, a quick break. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about how, you know, how do you keep all this straight? So it seems like there's so much going on at the Second Harvest Food Bank, more than 500 partners that you work with, all of these social entrepreneurship sort of programs. Um, and you mentioned trying to keep it all in focus. So I want to talk about your role in all that mm -hmm. and how you do it. <laughs> so it might be just like uh, herding cats a little bit, <laughs> but uh, we're going to play a quick song. Uh, this is They Might Be Giants. This seems like an appropriate song, Metal Detector, because you're always looking for new things and <laughs> right. new ways of doing things. Uh, and that'll be on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. 
And we're talking today to Dave Krepko. Dave, thanks again for coming in so early. You're welcome. Are you a morning person? You seem on. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, good. Sure. Good. Because sometimes I just don't sleep because I'm not much of a morning person. I figure <laughs> my night owlness will just go into the morning. I had a good night's sleep last night, which was unusual. So <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my wife at about uh, five o'clock this morning. I said, I feel more awake than usual. Yeah, she yeah. says you went to bed early. That's why. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not because you're super excited about being on my show or anything. Oh, was that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Dave, you're here, uh, executive director or CEO of the CEO. Second Harvest Food Bank. Something like um, that. So you've been doing that for thirteen, almost thirteen years. Yeah, right? yeah. Here locally. Yeah, yeah. Here locally. Yeah. Um, you took over for Margaret Lenane. So you yes, came down, a dear friend of mine. Just. Uh, have the utmost respect for her and what she did with that organization for 16 years. Yeah. It laid such a phenomenal foundation. And you've really taken us to the next level. We've talked a little bit about the culinary enterprise in the last break. If you missed any of that, I'll have the show up uh, here later today on to a certain degree.com. But what I wanted to talk about now was how do you keep it all straight? So I think that, you know, thinking about my own management style and just trying to to keep track of the four people who report to me and the stuff that I'm doing with the students that I work with. That's nothing compared to the volume of things that you're doing over at Second Harvest Food Bank, 500 partner agencies. Mm -hmm. uh, the How many employees do you have over there now? We have 100. 100 employees. You've got the entire distribution center. You've got all these new lines of business. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously that's a bigger question than how do you do it? But what what's a starting point for you? Um, first of all, I... I just really believe in um, hiring very smart people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really, it, it may sound like a cliche, but uh, you got to hire people that are smarter than you and surround yourself with that. Uh, there, there's a book out from uh, called From Good to Great People. Yeah. It's been about, I think, about 10 years it's yeah, been absolutely. out. And uh, there's a wonderful uh, metaphor in there. And, and the author says, you got to get the right people on the bus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you got to get them in the right seats, you know? Um, so really, you know, really try to practice that. That might sound like an oversimplification, but you know, the whole process behind that. Uh, and then, yeah, just getting really, really smart people and then empowering them and giving them clear direction. So we're, we're big, big believers in strategy, mm -hmm. you know, and laying out a strategic plan, you know, might sound very mundane to a lot of people, but we have a plan that looks to the year 2020 and it, what do we look like in the year 2020? And we, we move back from that and make a, an annual operating plan. So everybody's got very specific goals to do, you know, you get the right people, you know, on that bus in the right seats and you let them do their thing and get out of their way, you know. Now, obviously, there's oversight and control to that. Sure. But here's 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 the really cool piece, and we we're we're doing some really interesting work on it now. I'm a huge believer in culture, mm -hmm. and every organization or company has culture, whether whether they know it or not, <laughs> or like it or not. And we're you know obviously we're biased. We think we have something special, you know. Mm -hmm. But people from the outside are telling us, man, I walk in here and I, I, I could just feel the vibe. I, I like this, you know. So we started to, t I wanted to take a look at it. And I said, what is that culture? Let's define it. Let's preserve it, protect it, promote it, use it for hiring. Because culture basically is, hey, how do you do things around here? So we, um, 
we brought somebody in to, to help us get that conversation started. And the really cool thing is that you, every one of our hundred employees was, is involved in identifying it. Dave's not going to identify the culture. Right. Okay. Everybody's got to play a piece in this. So there's this cool process of, we had these little uh, round table meetings of five to 10 people at a time from all facets, from truck drivers to order pullers, to guys who were working in the coolers and freezers, to people who were working in the offices, you know, all that. And uh, just the whole conversations in itself was a morale booster. And, and basically it was like, why do you work here? You know, what, what gets you up in the morning and drives you to work at Second Harvest? And boy, the rich conversation that came out of that. Mm -hmm. And then we're starting now to refine that and boil it down. And, and this is the challenge, you know, how do you take all that richness, embarrassment of riches, you know, and, uh, you know, put it into a paragraph or whatever. So we're very, very close to uh, a number of uh basic culture statements of what makes us unique and uh we're gonna we're going to then take those statements and link them to our management processes and our policies okay to really put them to the test okay you got this around here you know your hiring practices okay is it really connected you know to your culture statement mm -hmm. you know and if it isn't what do you do so one of the, you know, just one of the um, statements uh, that really popped out is we trust each other. Wow. I mean, really? It, now I say that and people might say, well, that's basic. Well, you know what? But to have it, to actually <laughs> trust each other in an organization the, and yeah. to feel like you're all working towards the same goal and you're working towards the same you know, overall mission is, mm -hmm. is important. And it's, it's, it's actually probably pretty rare. I, I think it is, you yeah. know, um, we, we have another statement that we, we innovate today for a better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And wow, I love that personally, you know, uh, innovation is in my DNA, you know, so it's, it, it's wonderful. So how do we keep it all straight? You know, uh, I, I believe culture's at the foundation of it, yeah. you know, so we're being more intentional about, okay, really, what is that? Having really clear goals and plans for everybody, you know, and hey, that's your responsibility. Go get it. You have your own style in accomplishing that. Uh, and there's, you know, obvious a lot of internal reporting and we're very, very data driven, uh, a wonderful staff that, you know, a number of them are just data geeks and you, and you need that, you know, there's a lot of data out there, but how do you use it, you know, to, to, to further the cause and, right. and improve efficiencies and all of that kind of thing. So we have a wonderful mix of staff that are not only right brain, but left brain and you need both, you know? Um, so it's, you know, you, you create this wonderful team. The other piece of it is I have a phenomenal board of directors mm -hmm. and Nick, wait, you know, a while ago you were on our board. Yep. So we have these professionals. And I noticed after I was off the board is when you guys really took off. <laughs> <laughs> the anchor is gone. <laughs> um, we hate to see people go off the board, but they go off the board for a bunch of reasons. Um, but just a, a great board of directors that any nonprofit needs and they are super engaged. Last week we had a board, a one day board retreat. It was so energizing. 
I, I got to tell you, you know, uh, I talked to some of my peers around the country and talk about boards and board retreats and they kind of cringe, you know, I go, what, what's, what's the problem? Oh, I can't work with my board. Wow. Right. If, if that relationship isn't good, you know, uh, you know, the, the mission can really suffer, but our, our board is just super engaged and we discovered wonderful things, uh, last week on, on our retreat and things that now we can dig into, you know, and okay, you know, let's, let's go out there to the year 2020. Little Barry on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Free salute from the album of the same name. This is To a Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I'm here with Dave Krepko. Dave of Second Harvest Food Bank. Good morning again. Good morning. Uh, the time is flying by. We're almost done with our first hour. So you'll have accomplished more this morning than most people do in several hours. <laughs> so good job on that. So speaking of accomplishing things, we're going to do a little pop culture and current event quiz because I think that's always fun to see and, you know, to pop quiz. Sure. Everybody loves those. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so these are pretty straightforward and multiple choice. You'll do fine. You're not being tested <laughs> except for all the listeners that are out there listening to this. <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. Oh, yeah, that'll judge you. Uh, Elon Musk unveiled his plan to colonize Mars. We were talking about that mm -hmm. earlier. According to his admittedly rough estimates, how much would it cost for someone to get to the red planet once the SpaceX interplanetary transport system is fully operational? Is it A, $200,000, B, $2 million, or C, a fistful of bitcoins? <laughs> B. Uh, two million. Actually, he thinks that if he can get it down to, uh, to get everything in place, now obviously there's a lot of technology that they right. have to invent, $200,000. Oh, my goodness. To get to Mars. Wow. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Right now, the cost would be around $2 billion oh, each. Wow. Yeah, so we're, we're going to hope that he can get it down to $200,000. Uh, this is for you. Uh, one of your favorite uh, musical artists, Bruce Springsteen, was mm -hmm. in Philly recently, uh, signing copies of his new autobiography, which is called Born to Run. Mm -hmm. What did one fan ask him to sign that he was more than happy to? So... Was it a fan's tattoo of the boss's signature so he could see if it came out correctly? Was it an absent note for a fifth grade uh, fan who was missing school to get uh, Bruce's signature? Or was it a contract licensing me to use his likeness for my new corn-to-run fast food franchise? B. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the kid came in. He was like, can you sign? Can you not only sign my book, can you sign my absent note for my school? And he said, look, kid, I got to read it. <laughs> because that's how I got into my first contract. <laughs> so I thought that was very nice. And we'll hear from, uh, we'll hear some Bruce uh, in the next hour. Uh, okay, so locally, the first, the final phase of what Orlando attraction could start this January and finish in 2020. So they were very happy about this last week. They got funding for it. Uh, is it Harry Potter in the midlife crisis? Harry buys a magical car that doesn't run on gas and drives itself. That's sponsored by Tesla. <laughs> Star Wars, The Force of Baking. It's a new ride that smells like freshly baked cookies with a cookie stand at the end. <laughs> or the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. Dr. Phillips. Yep. So it's for this new, the big acoustical hall. Yeah. Uh, that they'll awesome. be building out. It looks amazing. So it's going to be for the orchestra, the ballet, the opera. Uh, they'll be able to perform in there. Uh, so the Tourist Development Council just approved the proposal and will go to the County Commission on yeah. November 1st. So, Phenomenal venue. Just yeah, beautiful place. I love that place. I love that place. So actually, this brings up something I wanted to talk about. So uh, the Dr. Phillips Center, the nonprofit world in Central Florida, one of the things that keeps coming up is, do you call it nonprofit? 
And so, you know, prophet, uh, according to the, the, uh, the background of it, the word actually means progress. So mm -hmm. basically what you're saying is non-progress, mm -hmm. which is not what it is <laughs> at all. So I did a little research. There's a couple of different names that people have pitched as, uh, as alternatives to that. The third sector, the Delta sector, the voluntary sector. Do you have any opinion on that? Like, what do you think of when you think nonprofit? Do you think it's fine the way it is? Do you think that it needs sort of a rebranding? Uh, you know, there, there's yet another term that uh, is used that I use once in a while, the social sector. Oh, okay. You know? oh, I like that one. You know, That's so, better than any of these other ones. So, you, you know, you got you got the government sector, you got the private sector, and you got the social sector. You got Public, these, private, social, yeah. yeah. So uh, you got those three, and uh, whenever you can combine those three and, uh, you know, approaching, uh, you know, society's needs all, all the better you know you're going to accomplish sure. more uh and nonprofit, i um i don't really use that i use not for profit might sound like you're really mincing words there kind of thing or slicing hairs but not for profit um not for profit is a tax status it's not a business model right <laughs> okay and going back to what i was talking about social enterprise you know um but the voluntary sector just doesn't do it for me because yeah. it, it's more than just people, much, much more than people, just volun volunteers. I, you know, I don't, I don't get that one at all. And then uh, there was another one in there, the, another, another the sector. Third sector, which I think is third, just a cop just, out. Just kind of a mysterious uh, one there. And Delta, Delta sector, sector sounds military or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I either, you know, I, the social sector seems to really, kind of simplify it i like that yeah. one i like yeah. that one so yeah. not for profit the social sector yeah and in I, the social sector too there's you know there's new things happening there in the, in the not-for-profit or social sector where you're you're having these new entities being formed like tom's you know that is morphing the for-profit world with the not-for-profit world and, right. they, and they got this third kind of entity that's being created you know so uh, social sector seems to uh, seems to work best for me. And that was a raw raw riot on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, from their 2008 album The Rum Line. That was St. Peter's Day Festival. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is to a certain degree. And one of the reasons I played that is because of my special guest, Dave Krepko, is here from Second Harvest Food Bank. Uh, St. Peter is the patron saint, among others, of bakers, bridge builders, butchers, fishermen, and harvesters. <laughs> so I figured Second Harvest there Food Bank. Go. That's apropos. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Great. Second hour. You've survived so far. <laughs> You're no. Are you still nervous? Because you should be. We have bad business ideas coming up. Oh, good. Love it. Good. Uh, so you are a successful person in life. So this is what I'd like to do with everybody. You know, generally I have <laughs> successful people come in to help me with some of these ideas. These are ideas that I come up with. Uh, mainly in the shower, and then I try to write them down on my phone, and I ruin my phone because <laughs> not waterproof at all. And so uh, basically it's a little bit like Shark Tank. What you're going to do is ask some questions about which one you know you like better. Pick one. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not sure if you realize this, but you're financially obligated to then run the company. So <laughs> okay. I don't know how this lines up with your uh, responsibilities at Second Harvest Food Bank. A little conflict of interest. It maybe. could be. It could be. You never know. It could be a social entrepreneurship type of there you uh, go. Okay. Uh, opportunity as well. Uh, so I've got two here. Uh, I think you're going to like them. One is uh, particularly, I think, uh, going to actually they're both. One is food related and one is volunteer related. So okay. I think that. Uh, should be good. Dave, may I call you Dave? Yes, for sure. Okay. 
What is the lifeblood of a nonprofit or not for profit organization such as yours? The people that you hire. That's 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 good. What is the other lifeblood? Money. Yeah, that's a good one too. You're getting warmer. So, right, volunteers. Volunteers. Those little rascals are the ones working in your warehouse, becoming your advocates in the community. They're doing food drives. They're they're just plain help, right? Yes. You couldn't do it without them. Exactly. What if I had a way to get more of them? Love it. Okay. Have you ever been cornered? So we're going to switch here. I'm still talking about okay. volunteers. Have you ever been cornered by someone maybe you don't like all that much about doing something that, or maybe you like them, but it's something unpleasant that they want to do, like going to a ukulele concert or camping. I'm not sure how you feel about camping. I don't like it. I'm there with you. <laughs> uh, maybe it's as simple as a meeting you don't want to attend. You have to go, but mm -hmm. you do not want to go. Well, we now have something for that. So this is the, this is the crux of, the, of this idea. Imagine you're talking to someone and they invite you to lunch at your least favorite restaurant. Instead of feeling bad about not going, you can feel good about your excuse. You just pull up your phone, you go to our app, and I'll tell you the name of it in a second, and find all the possible volunteer opportunities in Central Florida that conflict with whatever this lunch or meeting is. And uh, basically you can say, oh, I'd love to, but I can't because I've got this thing at Second Harvest Food Bank at that time. So let's, let's, let's role play a little bit just to try to illustrate sure. it. Sure. I'll be Carl Kerfuffle, a lovable, mildly annoying guy that always, always is inviting people to stuff. And you'll be uh, Scott Zipcar. Okay. Because I think that's a good name. Uh, my work chum. So I'll invite you to something. And the first time I invite you, you don't have this app. Okay. Okay. Hey, Scott. Hey, Carl. How's it going? <laughs> Not too bad. Guess what's going on tonight? What's happening? Um, you know, Morgan Spurlock, the, the guy who makes all those documentaries, he did a new one called Rats. Oh, yeah. And it's super gross. It's like a horror movie about rats. And I've got two tickets and you should go with me. Wow, I'd love to, but, you know, I just got other stuff on my calendar. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. You got to go with me. <laughs> no, I really. I'd what do you have going just on? Just got some commitment. It's a family commitment. I no. mean, with my grandkids. No, nope. you know, no, nope. you're coming. How can I do that? So, see, I don't. Okay, so step out of the <laughs> so, scene for yeah, a second. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm not buying that at all. A family commitment with your grandkids. Uh, so now let's do it where you can pull up your phone and you can use this new app. Okay. okay ready? Hey, Scott. Hey, Carl, how you doing? <laughs> this is so natural. I love the intro that we got going. Uh, hey, let's do that thing, rats. It's gross. You got to come with me. Man, I got this volunteer commitment at Habitat for Humanity. Oh, my gosh, really? I, I mean, I got to help, you know, 300 other people put a ruse on, on homes. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I can't ask you to, you know, not do that. Wow. Why don't you come with me? Okay. All right. But I got you can work you, on another roof. Uh. I like that. I like that. Okay, so this is the name of the product: uh, Crocodile Volunteers. <laughs> so even if they aren't there for the right reasons, they're still there because you're better than the alternative. <laughs> I like it. So that's Social, idea number one: socially conscious volunteering. Right. Excuse. Yeah. Excuse. Yeah. That's the key socially component. conscious excuses. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So idea number two, Dave, do you know what the future of food is? According to several of the articles I read last night. I, hopefully it's getting healthier and healthier, right? Bugs, mm. people eating bugs. The international Congress of entomology was just here in Orlando and a bunch of the different presentations were about edible bugs. So this has been part of other cultures for years. Um, definitely not part of the U S culture. 
in any way, shape, or form. But let's say it does become big. Mm-hmm. How do we get ahead of that trend? Like, we're not just going to be doing bugs. We're not just going to be preparing bugs. Edible bug arrangements. Mm. Yeah. Need a gift? <laughs> Need a gift for the office, but you don't want to send sweets because sweets are bad. Looking f- to make an impact with your crush? You know, you maybe want to do... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Send them something. Want to say nice job? Send one to Carl. Yeah. Carl definitely needs one. Want to say nice job on the promotion you were in line for, but went to Sarah instead, which is totally fine because she deserved it and you're not bitter at all. Do it with an edible arrangement of the (laughs) finest insects and creepy crawly things. Let's face it, Dave, let's be honest. Fruit costs a lot of money as far as I know. Yeah. It starts immediately going bad and it may already have bugs in it. I don't know. You don't know. Who can know? Uh, These beautiful and sometimes exotic arrangements say one thing. The person cared enough to send a bouquet of things I pay someone to kill at my home and office. And we guess what? I don't know if you realize this. We live in Florida. Do you know how many bugs we already have? A gazillion. A gazillion, right. I'm not sure which are edible. That's something you're going to have to research as CEO of this organization if you pick this one. Uh, also, I'm not sure how to get them on the sticks. Are we gluing them on? Are we just stabbing them? So They better be big enough to stab you. Yeah. There's a lot of research that you have to do. Um, and you might have to do just some like decorative beetles. Like These are not edible, but they look cool. They're all iridescent and stuff. Uh, so we came up with some names. Actually, I, I workshopped this with my, uh, my kids and my sister last night. So uh, my daughter came up with Belly Bug Buddies, which I think is good. Uh, my son came up with Edible Entomology. Which is good. But my sister had the winner. We're going to name the company Bug Bites. Perfect. Yep. So that's what it is. So crocodile volunteers or bug bites. Do you have any questions? Um, no. Obviously, two <laughs> wonderful Clear ideas. Is. Why would you have any questions? <laughs> so, so which do you choose? The volunteer one. Okay, <laughs> good. Near and dear to your heart. Yeah. I tell you, boy. Bug bites, really wild. That, that's got the same appeal as something like uh, roadkill arrangements, you know? Oh, that <laughs> there's another exactly. one. <laughs> Dave, this is why. I mean, going back a, to jerky and all that from stuff. A, from a vision standpoint, <laughs> this is why you're in charge of these companies. <laughs> right. This might be the first time we do both. <laughs> I could easily do the volunteer one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to work on that. We're going to take some time. We're going to talk about the ownership structure because obviously. Oh, wow. Uh, I still own it and and get all the profits, but you're going to do all the hard work. (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk about that offline here. So as we go to break, uh, we're going to listen to Fleet Foxes with uh, with the Helplessness Blues, as a matter (laughs) of fact, on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And I have a very special guest. We're uh, almost done, Dave. Wow. Yeah. So Dave Krepko is here from Second Harvest Food Bank. We've been talking a lot about some of the stuff that Second Harvest is doing, getting to know Dave a little bit better now. Uh, 13 years in on his role at Second Harvest Food right. Bank, and uh, you still have my approval. You still have my vote. All right. And I'm Canadian. Wow. So I can't vote, technically. Jeez. So you get nothing from me. I'm safe. <laughs> so, Dave, I wanted to talk, uh, all the guests come on, and we talk a little bit about music. Mm-hmm. So getting to know you is, uh, you know, part of that is getting to know the type of music that you listen to, when you listen to it, how you listen to it. Mm-hmm. And so when I asked your favorite band, you didn't hesitate. You said Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. So has that been, you know, your favorite musical artist for a long time now? Is it, you know, is it something that's come on recently? It's probably for the 
past 20 years at yeah. least, you know, I went through a Dylan phase, but you know, as we all do. And the boss came on and just love his music. I mean, he's telling these stories, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, he's champion of the, you know, blue collar workers and the undertrodden, you know, and it's just, uh, just phenomenal music, phenomenal energy. Just, just love the stories he tells through the yeah. music and what a phenomenal band. Wow. Oh yeah. Woo. Yeah. Talent, a lot of talent there. Yeah. So how do you listen to music typically? Are you listening, probably not at work, but in the car? Are you listening while you're, like, let's say you got a big project or a big report to do. Do mm -hmm. you put on the music really loud and, and rock out? I, um, you know, I do listen in the car because uh, I spend a fair amount of time uh, traveling around. And then at home, um, I'll, I'll put my, I'll put my headphones on. I've got a little office at home too. And whether I'm doing stuff on Photoshop or whatever to keep me busy. I put the headphones on or reading something else. I put a different kind of music on. Uh, and uh, I, I really try to carve out some time. I, I haven't been doing a great job of it lately. Just that that uh, quiet time, you yeah. know, and that requires a whole different kind of, uh, I love listening to some of this uh, meditation music. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just really, really stuff. It just you know, calms you down. You got to get centered again after a crazy day, you know, yep. or on the weekend, you know, listen to that in the morning to get your day going right, you know? Mm. So yeah, it, it's typically, uh, you know, in the car or, you know, at, at home, put those headphones on and nice, relax. So what about live music? Do you, do you go to a lot of shows? Do you used to go to a lot of shows? I don't get out to a lot. Um, you know, it just, life seems so busy, you know, I love live music, sure. you know, uh, but don't get out to a lot of, and the, the price of tickets at concerts just are like, wow, you it's, know, I'll get, yeah. I'll get a, uh, you know, I'll order it online. You know, it's not a live performance, but at <laughs> least I can enjoy it over and over. But, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something special. Like the last time Bruce was in town, mm -hmm. it was about six or seven years ago. And the, I don't care what the tickets cost. They just, you know, you gotta, gotta go to this one, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and I don't see him coming back anytime soon. <laughs> I might have to travel. Right. Well, what I like about the the live shows is the the different interpretation of the same song. So mm. you might hear something different. You might hear, or they do a different arrangement on it. Uh, it's always something interesting. And that's actually we're going to hear from uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Uh, we're going to hear from I, them off of their one of their live tracks. My sister gave me a um, a uh, Christmas present a few years ago. And it was uh, the CD said it was Chimes of Freedom. I don't know if everybody heard it. But uh, they're all Dylan songs, double CD. Oh, okay. yeah, the covers? Yeah. yeah, and just, I mean, I can't imagine being an artist and say, okay, you know, you're going to do this Dylan song. I'd freak out. They're just incredible. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's got to be a lot of fun for a musician is going out and doing something like that, especially if you admire. And you can kind of tell, right? If, you, oh, yeah. if somebody doesn't really like Bob Dylan, hopefully they're not on that album. In the first place. <laughs> That's for sure. But hopefully it's a song that they really connected with on some level and they want to bring something out of it that they thought was important. Because especially with Bob Dylan, you can interpret it any number of ways. Like exactly. he has his storytelling songs, but right. then there are the songs that are a little bit more uh, out there and esoteric and you can take it and make whatever you want out of it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's a good album. I, I really mm. like that one, but yeah, anytime you get the, the covers of the greats, that's, that's really good. For sure. There's a, um, a Paul Simon song for me, uh, called the cool, cool river. And I can't remember what album it was off of, but the regular song, the studio version 
it's okay. Mm-hmm. Never really struck me. I always kind of listened to it and it was there. And then they released, it was one of his greatest hits collections. And they had a bunch of unreleased stuff and the live version. Oh yeah. Amazing. It's one of wow. my go-to songs. Like if I really need to get geared up, yeah, I listen to that and then I'm able to get going every time. That's cool. How so, it works like that. Yeah. So why don't we do that? Why don't we play some Bruce Springsteen? Uh, this is going to be off of his live album, live 1975 to 1985. So he's, he's been around for a little bit. <laughs> uh, this is reason to believe on WPRK All winter right. park, Florida. No, no Bruce Springsteen. Thank you. That was Bruce Springsteen and the East street band with reason to believe from the live 1975, 1985 album. Again, he's been uh, around for a little bit, a little bit. Uh, Speaking of reason to believe, my name is Nick. Uh, That's a terrible segue. Uh, And this is to a certain degree. My guest today is Dave Krepko from Second Harvest Food Bank. Actually, that is a good segue. Still at the end of every hard day, people find some reason to believe. And so I think this is a really good segue into a little bit of your story, Dave, about how you got to not only Second Harvest Food Bank, but you got into the food bank industry. That's not the right word, but you know, the, the That's social sector. Family, we were the talking social about. sector. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so starting out um, and, you know, reading this sort of the backstory, I felt very, uh, uh, very, uh, very similar story. Of course, mm-hmm. not quite as successful as you are yet. Uh, but Just starting in a out, different way. That's all. Yeah. But starting out, you went to design school in Columbus. Yep. At, at agency in Miami. Yeah. And so you kind of fell into the food, uh, the the food charity world, right? Right. So could you talk a little bit about that? I tell you, you know, I, I yeah, I went to Columbus College of Art and Design, and uh, I was going to become a fine artist. And oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. Next, Bob Ross. <laughs> and uh, quickly found out I had to make a living. Um, so it's a terrible realization. <laughs> hate when that happens, yeah. you know. So when commercial. And uh, went into the ad agency business for a number of years uh, in my other lifetime, my original career, you know, and uh, did that for a number of years and for the most part enjoyed it. But it got to a point where, wow, you know, I got to strike out on my own or do something here. And it was just fascinating. At that point in time, um, Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida Mm -hmm. and I was a volunteer board member at the food bank down in Miami. And... um, uh, our founding director resigned uh, like a week or two after Andrew hit. The organization was in crisis. The whole of South Florida was in crisis. Yeah, one time you need that type of organization to be wow. well uh, managed was then. Exactly. So uh, I remember one Saturday morning, three of us board members got together and said, boy, what are we going to do? And they said, well, somebody's got to go in temporarily to hold the ship down and like they looked at me and I looked behind me and nobody was there. And (laughs) I, uh, fortunately I was in a situation. I go, well, I can go in for maybe a month, you know, month and a half. And, uh, uh, so I went in temporarily 24 years ago, so to speak. So I, I, I made the transition and, uh, got, got in that driver's seat, so to speak, amid all the chaos and everything. And, uh, thought, wow, this is, this is really something, you know, you see it from one level as a board member, then you see it from uh, another angle day to day in the driver's seat. And, uh, especially during disaster times, mm-hmm. uh, that either brings out the best in people or the worst in people, you know, it doesn't seem to be a middle ground. And, uh, just 
uh, felt the fit. You know, when, when you can find that intersection of your particular abilities and talents, uh, and that can intersect with one of society's greatest needs, mm-hmm. if that fits, uh, just amazing things can happen, you know? So I just feel real fortunate to stumble across that. And, um, uh, you know, when they started doing a search for an executive director, I said, count me in on this. And long story short, they, you know, I became executive director at that point. It was fascinating because I was in the ad agency business for a while there, yeah. right up to that. I wasn't even looking to get into the not-for-profit world. Right. I wasn't even looking for it. So here, this is presented and in the ad agency business, worked on lots of great different businesses and services really was looking for that one client that was truly unique, you know, that, you know, really could get behind. And lo and behold, here it's the food bank. I go, this is it. You know, the food bank, you know, if you're doing it right, you know, you look at it closely and go, wow, this is like a diamond. It's beautiful. And then you turn it a little and there's another facet and go, wow, I didn't see that piece of it. And then you turn it again. You know, a lot of things in life, the closer you look at, they kind of, you know, can often fall apart a bit. Um, the, the food banking thing, again, 24 years of doing this around the country, uh, when you're doing it right, you got the right team uh, and you got community support. It, it's just phenomenal. So I have this wonderful product or service, you know, um, that, um, you know, we can tell the story about, you know, create awareness about the issue of hunger first and foremost. And I value my, my background on that, that, you portray that, and, and then, of course, hey, this is Second Harvest Food Bank, and this is what we're doing about it. And you start telling that story, and there's so many different facets of that story. You know, you can you can reach people in their heart. You can reach people in their head. You know, you, you got to reach them both ways. But And I'm not selling anything. I'm just telling the story, and people can decide whether or not that's engaging or not, you know, or if they're being inspired. But so, with your with your ad agency background, I mean, storytelling has to come at least a little bit easier for you. It, it does. Yeah, it does. And comes incredibly easy for me because um, I could fill another two hour show with stories of people's lives being changed, sure. you know. Um, but and, what I want to hear about yeah. is how your life has changed. So, wow. What's yeah, interesting is. Ways. Yeah. So what's interesting is, I mean, you were really in a trial by fire mm-hmm. at, at that beginning <laughs> part. So. I think a lot of people would have said, okay, yeah, I'll do it for a month. Hurricane Andrew just hit. And this is kind of top of mind, too, because we've got Hurricane Matthew out there. Yeah. And our thoughts are with everybody who's affected by that in the Caribbean so far. And hopefully, uh, you know, it doesn't affect many more people or any people. For sure. Um, But, you know, a lot of people I don't think would be able to see the opportunity that you saw in that. They would just be in crisis mode. And maybe they would step up, but it would be about getting that job done, getting that mm-hmm. one super focused job done. So Hurricane Andrew, the disaster relief and everything that was happening afterwards, because that was devastating. I remember being here, you know, mm-hmm. in Daytona Beach when that mm-hmm. hit sure. and doing volunteer stuff through the school and stuff like that. But so how was that for you? Like, how did you was it just the the, the impact that you saw at that time that you said, okay, maybe I could be a part of this. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's something that happens in disaster relief. It can bring a community together. It does bring a community together for a while. But when you're personally involved with the relief efforts, there's something that happens. 
there's a there's a bonding with other organizations you're doing there's a special bonding with the community uh it's hard for me to to, to articulate but uh it it really reaches you you know you've done you know you've been involved in meeting the most basic human needs in that emergency time you know there's a something i read years ago three words that crisis reveals character mm-hmm. <laughs> and with, with the organization at that time, you know, it really revealed, you know, to, to me, the staff I had, you know, their character, you know, and some people rose to the occasion and some people just couldn't handle it. Um, so uh, what, what's fascinating, if uh, I, I went, I, I, uh, my wife and I eventually moved to Chicago and I worked at the national level for Feeding America. And when I came down to Orlando in 2004, uh, 30 days after I got here, uh, we were hit with four hurricanes. So yeah. wherever I go, I think, you know, hey, these hurricanes are coming. So, oh, great. Those well. <laughs> great. But there's, um, you know, there is a silver, silver lining to some of these disasters. Like I said, it does, it does bring community, uh, community members together for a time, you know, and, and new relationships are, are, are formed. Um, but again, it was just a unique perspective for me going back to Hurricane Andrew. I was, very, very fortunate. Uh, you know, we're part of this national network called Feeding America. And after Andrew hit uh, for a period of months, Feeding America was sending in some of their best and brightest directors from the country for a week or two weeks at a time to help out. So it was like, you talk about an orientation for days. Yeah, you got a like mini just, MBA program was, there. It was like a sponge. You know, tell me about this. Tell me about this. You know, what about this? And just the friendships to this day that have formed, you know, 24 years later uh, was just terrific. And then here in Orlando, you know, when it came and, um, you know, four hurricanes crisscrossed us and hit us, it was, uh, you know, it gave me an insight into my staff as well. And boy, what a quick introduction to the philanthropic community Mm -hmm. of Central Florida and to see a community step up in such a strong way and the local charitable foundations that stepped up is just, it's like, wow, what a, what a community. So to this day, you know, it's just, it's impacted me uh, professionally, obviously in big ways, uh, just personally, spiritually, you know, politically, uh, you name it, it's, it's got a lot of different dimensions, how, how it's impacted me and it really enlightened me and opened my eyes to, um, you know, uh, not only a, a great need in society of, you know, providing people with, with nutrition, but just, um, just the, uh, the, the folks, the struggles that they're going through day in and day out mm-hmm. that are, are not often talked about a lot, you know? Well, it's easy to kind of, first of all, it's easy to ignore because it's hard to tell necessarily when a person's hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also easy to sort of, you know, play the blame game or think that somebody else is going to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is our responsibility. And so that kind of segues nicely into something else. And you, and you talked about it, you know, sort of the relationships that you have 24 years later with some of these directors that came down and helped out during yeah. uh, uh, after Andrew is your ability to network. Now, we talk about this a lot in connections, how important it is, whether you're in for-profit, non-profit, uh, any industry, you have to you have to have a network. But, you know, I think it's it seems like it's very easy for you to go out there and find people. You were mentioning earlier about this 
uh, social entrepreneurship uh, uh, initiative to create tomato soup uh, as mm -hmm. a product for the Second Harvest Food Bank. And you go and talk to possibly one of the more wealthier people in the U.S., and just ask them for some tomatoes. <laughs> right. And so you're able to do that and you're able to, to network very easily. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing with, uh, with Rollins College too, but how do you do that? How do you approach that? Um, and, you know, I know it's not, there's some easy trick to do it, but how, do you just make yourself open to those opportunities and you just talk about what you're passionate about? Yeah, it goes back to what you really believe in. You know, um, you know there, there are... Um, like for for instance, we go to we have to raise millions of dollars every year, you know. So you got to do a lot of fundraising. Okay, I I personally have a an aversion to to selling tickets, maybe for my grandkids' school. You know, yeah, I'll support it kind of thing. But you know, I don't want to hit my friends up for all kinds of tickets. But I have no qualms about going out and you know trying to raise millions of dollars. But the 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 need, the need is so large. There's such a gap, meal gap that still exists. There are so many people that have not enjoyed the privilege or the benefits that, that I have had, you know, growing up that many of us have. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer there's a big social justice issue here. And that, that's a big driver for me. So, so to believe in that, it, it is easy to go out and talk to people about, hey, can you provide food? Can you provide volunteer time? You know, can, can you help us financially? Can you become an advocate and just spread the word kind of thing? It is very easy to do, but the, the key thing in, in life in general is personally or professionally, it's all about relationships mm -hmm. and, and building those relationships. And uh, if, if people, if you can build that trust you know, um, and if people invest in your mission and you can show them over time how that pays off, um, you know, it's it's a natural continuing conversation to, to have. I have no qualms about, you know, going out and asking for, for support and I'm not shy about it. And there's an old saying is if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. You know, all I can say is no. And I take that as a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it helps when you're, uh, as you are a natural extrovert, um, you know, being introverted myself, I look at, well, I'm connected to them on LinkedIn, but that's not a real connection. Like you have to go out and you have to go to the events and you have to cold call in some cases, I'm sure you've had to do yeah, uh, over what's the fun, course of your career. What's funny, you talk about extra, extrovert, introvert, uh, on Myers-Briggs, I'm, I'm actually an introvert. Oh, really? <laughs> Figure that one out. All right, Myers-Briggs. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the work that you're doing with Crummer. I had the opportunity to do a podcast not too long ago where I talked about, you know, there's these opportunities with the colleges here in town, mm -hmm. uh, UCF and Rollins come to mind, but Valencia, Seminole State, sure. really uh, any of these organizations that you can go out there and find opportunities to, to get help, whether that's internships or other things. So you're doing a number of things uh, here with uh, Rollins through mm -hmm. the Crummer Graduate School of Business. Uh, and through the undergraduate programs as well. Would you mind talking about some of those? Yeah, and I just talked about relationships. It's all yeah. about, rela what a yep. wonderful relationship over the years with, with Rollins in all kinds of ways, financial support, volunteer support. Um, so recently, you know, it's just incredible opportunities. So we have lots of needs as an organization. 
And, uh, you know, uh, two different things we're working on right now is uh, through uh, HR, human resources, you know, um, we're, we're looking at our culture, as I said, we're, we're looking at our performance management system and we got hooked up with with the Kremer School and we're, we're already uh, sharing with uh, a master's class uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, re- recruitment and retention, you yeah. know, and it was just such a great presentation. Uh, our HR director and, and I uh, spent, man, about an hour and a half. I mean, the professor had to shut down the class because the questions just keep coming, you know. So it was, it was great to share what we're doing and, and to have those questions. And those questions are can be challenging at times. And I think that's good. It's like, oh, wow. And so we're going we're gonna to move on to uh, another HR class at Rollins and talk about uh, human resource management, you know, another dimension of, of the whole people equation. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're looking at doing a, a, a project, you know, uh, a, a paper on it. So I, it'll be interesting to see, uh, see the results of that. And the other thing that I'm really psyched about is and this is something that the not-for-profit world doesn't talk about a lot and people for the most part don't even think of and i went and and asked uh keenan yoho over at rollins i said i want to measure the economic impact of second harvest food bank in the central florida community because people don't think of you in the in that way mm-hmm. and when you start thinking of the economic impact i think it's first and foremost really important as an organization to understand your economic impact okay and and how do you make that greater over time you know you got to benchmark that two uh i really believe it's important to inform the community of that the business right. community and and the people who invest in your mission okay see what this is actually it, accomplishing really yeah. and and thirdly hopefully you know for for other nonprofits to go hey this is something we should check out and start communicating i just took a first glance at the economic impact of second harvest on an annual basis and we have economic impact of about 120 million dollars a year Mm-hmm. Now, people listening might go, what are you talking about? You know, and that's super conservative. So talk I, to was, I was going to say that sounds really low, yeah. actually. Yeah. So it's talking to Keenan Yoho and he goes, we would love to take this on. And so the class that, that he's with, um, they're, they're going to do they're gonna dig you know, in. a study. Yeah. And yeah. on the economic, I am really psyched about hearing, you know, what comes out of that and what's documented. I, you know, I can... I can take a whack at it, but there's nothing like a, you know, objective third party that's right. really, really smart coming in there and doing it. Absolutely. You know? So that's really neat. When I think when you look at that number, you miss a lot of the stuff that you wouldn't consider when it comes to a food bank. So if you're providing healthier meals for people, mm-hmm. that's going to impact the cost of health care mm-hmm. or the health care services that are necessary within the community and that lowers the cost and that provides more economic impact. Sure. Um, so there's a lot of things just going beyond providing meals exactly. uh, does within, you know, the central Florida community. For so sure. That's really great. Stevie wonder on WPRK winter park, Florida. That was traveling man. That's going out to my guest today. Dave Krupko. <laughs> been all over this great big world and he's seen all kinds of girls. That's actually <laughs> another song. Sorry. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. Our time here is almost up. Dave Krepko, thank you so much again for being here from Second Harvest Food Bank. Been fun. 
Uh, if you missed any of the show, it's been really good, actually. So I learned a lot about Second Harvest and about Dave. Uh, I'm going to have it. You're relieved that it's over. Uh, I'm going to have it up uh, later tonight on my website, to a certain degree.com. You can check it out there. Uh, of course, go to uh, Second Harvest site as well. There's a lot of ways to get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, you can book a room at the Second Harvest Food Bank, uh, get catering. You can start your own food drive. Um, and this is the time of year that you start thinking about this. We've got the holidays coming up, but really it's important to think about the hunger issue in Central Florida any time of year because it's not just something that happens uh, sure. during the holidays. So uh, uh, to a certain degree.com, I'm also going to add uh, these events that are coming up. Uh, you've got a few events coming up for Second Harvest this month, so mm -hmm. a big month for you. Uh, first Monday at Five Guys is tonight, so right. part of their... Uh, all the money they make tonight at most of the, I think it's all of the local area, mm -hmm. five guys will go to Second Harvest. The, the commitment they've made over the years is just incredible. The impact, you know. Uh, I mean, the their financial donations have, that equates into hundreds of thousands of meals yeah. for people. So just great corporate citizen. And I'm jonesing for a burger, so that works no, out really well. Man, good stuff. Um, one of uh, the events that you do uh, at the food bank, uh, it's coming up the 4th and the 19th. So tomorrow and then the 19th, if you miss tomorrow's, is Food for Thought. Yes. Those, these are our tours, an hour of your time. It's not a fundraiser. We're not going to ask you for a penny or a dollar. You know, we just want your time, which is really valuable to tour the food bank. People are just blown away when they come in. They say, I had no idea, you know, so they find it fun. They find it interesting. Hey, we provide a lunch or a breakfast for you, you know? Uh, and then we talk a little bit our vision and mission. And if people are interested in connecting, we say, Hey, this is, this is how you can support it or keep spreading the word. But, uh, you know, people, people walk away and they go, man, I'm glad I came in. Yeah, I think it's it's the most important thing, again, is it's not about fundraising. It's right. about awareness. Ex purely. So yeah. now I understand what it is the Second Harvest is. And I think if people had a better understanding of a lot of the nonprofits uh, mm -hmm. here that, uh, that work with people and do that, because we all kind of understand United Way. We kind of understand Red Cross. But mm -hmm. when you start digging into some of these other not-for-profit organizations, what is it that you're doing and how is the impact happening? Yeah. And, you know, I find, you know, most people, they... They want to get involved somehow to, you know, uh, in, in the community. You know, there's so many things out there that are totally out of our control. You know, whew, lots of things out there. Uh, and people want to make a difference. They, you know, just hey, connect me. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, come in for an hour and we'll give you plenty of ideas on how to do that. 